Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Those of you who were able to watch our service last week, which was a very powerful service, I hope that you have time to go back to the New City Facebook um, video archive and watch last week's service because it was very powerful as a community to see that. If you were with us last week, you know that um, the book of Revelation was written in a genre of literature that doesn't exist anymore. Like John, the guy who wrote it, who's not the apostle John or the guy who wrote John the gospel, but John, the guy who wrote it, wrote it in a style of a genre that no longer exists. Um, And if we are to understand Revelation, it's helpful to start by understanding a little bit about the genre. So, um, Carl Halday, who was my New Testament professor at Candler, talks about five characteristics of an apocalypse that kind of helps us to see the contours of what it's like to uh, write in this genre. Uh, One, God's sovereignty over the cosmos. Two, access to divine revelation through intermediary heavenly beings, right? So, like, whereas Jacob had a vision of God, you know, ladder and angels and all that stuff. John has a vision where the angel shows him things, like there's an intermediary. Three, ultimate vindication. Four, symbolic language, (laughs) understatement. And five, enduring optimism as the basis for exhortation. So uh, this is a a genre, meaning that there are many writings that that use this same form. Uh, Other Jewish apocalypses include... um, In the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, uh, especially chapter 7 through 12, are written in that genre form. Um, And in some other books like uh, 1st Enoch, 4th Ezra, 2nd Baruch, those three are books that don't exist in the Protestant Bible, but are um, in the Apocrypha. So uh, the Apocrypha is like a scripture that like the Protestants were like, no, we don't need this. So, so, um, so they're around, you know, like the, the Jewish apocalypses are around and you can read them. In fact, if you head over to Daniel seven and read it, you'll, you'll start to notice a lot of similar images to the reading that we just heard from revelation. Most folks, even folks who have gone to church their whole lives, don't know a ton about the book of Daniel because it's a little esoteric. Like everyone has the song about the lion's den and then it's pretty much the end of Daniel. But there are actually like visions in Daniel that resemble a lot of what we just read. So um, some of the similar imagery include like in Daniel, uh, there's four beasts and it talks about like a lion with eagle's wings and a human feet, and a bear, and there's a leopard, and um, there's also a beast with four heads. Daniel likewise includes the angel Gabriel, which is the intermediary that John travels with to be able to see this vision. Um, the And the whole line of a human being coming with a cloud is in Daniel, and we actually heard that word for word basically in um, Revelation 1, which is what we read last week. There are some parts of the book of Revelation that looks like John pretty much copied and pasted from Daniel. Um, However, even though Daniel is arguably the only Jewish apocalypse in the Old Testament, there are tons of parts that John from the book of Revelation 
refers back to. There are tons of images from the Old Testament that John refers back to, whether that be the angels with the Jillian eyes uh, from Ezekiel, the rainbow that surrounds the throne of Christ in Revelation uh, from the Noah story, or the pool of water that's in front of the throne that is a callback to the waters in Genesis 1. And all of those throwbacks are just from the reading that we had today. Like, Revelation is chock full of references to the Old Testament. And in fact, if you lived on an, a deserted island and you only had the Bible, you would very easily be able to see that the book of Revelation has literally hundreds of images from the Old Testament. But of course, if you didn't grow up with the Bible, even if you were stuck on that deserted island, it would take you a long time to put together those references. However, for a community, a Jewish community, that continually poured over these texts, that continually had these texts read aloud publicly over them, these images would become a lot more fluent, a lot more internalized. John, who wrote Revelation, of course, was Jewish. Uh, he was writing at a time when Christians still kind of saw themselves as Jews. And, and part of what he talks about in Revelation is some discomfort between Jews who started believing in Jesus and Jews who didn't believe in Jesus, right? Like John would have been very familiar with these texts. And chances are a lot of the people who he expected to be hearing this would also be very familiar with the imagery of the Old Testament. Contemporarily, we really don't have an equivalent of the dynamic of what it would have been like for John to be referring to these ancient scriptural images. Like in America, unless you are part of a faith community that is studying particularly these, these scriptures, we don't have like millennia old stories that all of the community holds in common and could easily be referenced across the community. Um, which, by the way, other cultures do. When I was in China, they were telling stories that were like thousands of years old. We don't have that. Um, so uh, at least like commonly held as the, as the whole community. Um, the closest thing that I can think of is the Western canon, which is like, for those of you who grew up in the American school system, like the series of books that you read that were kind of like the foundations of what it, of what literature meant and it went all the way back to like Iliad Odyssey ancient Greek stuff all the way up to like to kill a mockingbird right the western canon uh is if, for when I interact with other people who grew up in the American school system it's like I can make references to those books and sometimes people are able to pick them up just because they're they're internalized those images like are in their bones and so, just as an exercise, I wrote a, a, a apocalypse, a Jewish apocalypse, I say that very loosely, um, using references to the Western canon instead of using references to the Old Testament, just to give you a sense of emotionally what it would have felt like to be hearing this text that had so many references in it. Um, and this is the time for you book nerds to really shine because I'm going to I'm going to read this and I want you to count how many book references like Western. This is part of the Western canon. I apologize for this not being more decolonized. I figured that since 
a lot of people at New City grew up in the American school system. This this would kind of portray what we're trying to talk about. So I'm going to challenge you to listen for the number of references to different books that I put into this mini revelation that I'm about to read. And then there'll be a time after for you to kind of like show off and say what you notice. So count how many references you notice, but also notice like how it emotionally feels to be engaging literature in this way. And then we'll talk about it. I, Tyler, was in a spirit-inspired trance on the Lord's Day, and I heard behind me a loud voice that sounded like an amber alert, calling me up. Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I saw a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on the throne. She looked like gavels and vaccines, and surrounding her throne were engagement rings and the hands of blood brothers. They sang glory to God. And behold, a monster rose out of flint water. It had the body of Moby Dick and the head of a bald eagle. The angel cut off its head with the sword of truth, and out of it sprung two more heads, a bull and a wolf wearing a grandma hat. The angel kept cutting until there were 45 heads, each singing a song to make you drive your ship into rocks. And suddenly it was like a drone and flew around the world, breathing napalm and tilting at windmills. On all of our wrists, we suddenly had 24601 tattooed, and the woman and men took to the balcony to shout, Wherefore art my Soma? The ghost of Christmas future drove a chariot around the city, dragging the Walmart smiley face in the street, and many believers fell that Black Friday. And I said, Oh, so this is the bad place. And the angel, who looked like a singing teapot, bashed the beast into a lake of fire with Thor's hammer. And Jesus, with a red handprint on his face, arose and called all people to enjoy good bread and clean water. And I asked, when will this take place? And the angel said, 1984. And for how long? I asked. The angel replied, 525,600 minutes. Okay, so put it in the comments, how many, uh, let's start with, how many literary references did you come up with? Put in, what did you, what titles did you hear in that? Um, to my knowledge, these are all the books that I've referenced. Some of, I might have made some references unintentionally, I realized. And, and then contemporary images, um, how many of those did you pick up? Um, to my knowledge, <laughs> I reference these many things contemporarily. So what we heard were some pretty wild images, right? Like people who do acid would be like, ah, I am tripping right now. Okay, here we are, <laughs> right? However, if you understood each of those images, and especially if you not only understood the image, but you had like an emotional, cultural connection to each of those images. Do you see how this book could actually be like kind of amazing? <laughs> in, in a way that's totally different from the letters of the epistles in the New Testament, totally different from the kind of the bio biographical gospels. Like this is like... Uh, what, like Afrofuturism plus modern art meets theology class 
all told together in kind of this riveting storytelling mode. Like, I can kind of see how the book of Revelation is so polemic. It's so polarizing. Like, people kind of think that the book of Revelation is, like, awesome. <laughs> Even people who don't believe in Left Behind, by the way. Like, I think Revelation has, like, some really cool commentary in it. Or it's, like, you just want to spit it out, which is a Revelation reference, by the way. You just want to spit it out because it's so different from other parts of the New Testament. Like, Martin Luther really didn't like the book of Revelation, right? It's super, super different. And and you kind of have to, like, relate to it in a totally different posture. But that doesn't mean that it's not helpful or insightful. This is why it's very bizarre to me that people choose to interpret Revelation as if it were kind of almost like a conspiracy secret message that is trying to tell about the end times that are to come, not in like theological or poetic or literary terms, but like literally one-for-one image trying to uh, tell about the end times that are to come. Uh, that would make sense. That interpretation would make sense if you've never read the Bible, but I've read the Bible. I've read the whole Bible like a bunch of times and I love the Bible and I cherish the Bible and I believe that the Bible has authoritative truth in it. And no one does a callback like the Bible does a callback. The Bible is full of scripture that is in conversation with each other intentionally trying to like correct each other or invite images from previous things. Like even Jesus himself referenced uh, Psalms all the time, referenced uh, the prophets all the time. And so when John writes that the angels are singing a song that sounds a whole lot like the song in Isaiah that the angels sang, I know that that is John trying to um, spark alive this like previous cultural image and putting it into a totally different like literary moment that is truly spirit led, but more of like a, a callback than like a future prediction or orientation. Uh, when I read about the Antichrist figure in the book of Revelation, I know that that isn't Barack Obama, which was a widely held belief and in fact continues to be a widely held belief that Barack Obama is literally the Antichrist. Not like uh, the Antichrist is an archetype and Barack Obama is someone who's Antichrist-like, but like the book of Revelation has an Antichrist character and that is literally John seeing into the future 2,000 years to reference this one person named Barack Obama in 2008. Like, that that was and is a widely held belief. That doesn't quite make sense to me uh, because the book of Revelation isn't QAnon. It's not like this, like, secret code that John is trying to, like, conceal some truth and it and it requires us to, like, look around and try to see, like, maybe John had a vision of 2020 and he was trying to interpret these things. Like maybe the locusts are helicopters. Like that doesn't, that doesn't quite check out to me. Um, 
And, and it doesn't check out to me because I love the Bible and I want to honor the imagery from the biblical tradition that is being used in a new and interesting way, but not as like a, like John telepathically knew what 2020 was going to be like. That's like saying when King wrote in letter from a Birmingham jail, I'd hope that the white moderate would understand that law and order exist for the purpose of establishing justice, and that when they fail to do this, they become dangerously structured dams that block the flow of social progress, was literally referring to white moderates becoming a physical dam, the Three Gorges Dam, built in 1994, 26 years after MLK was assassinated. Coincidence? All of the scholarship that I've read in preparation for this sermon series quickly and upfront denounces any idea of Revelation um, having kind of like a one-to-one symbol interpretation. And in fact, some many scholars that I read said it's not even one-to-one symbols referring back to the Old Testament. Like, sometimes it's not just like this represents that. It's like this ecosystem or dynamic or action is a callback to, you know, like it's it's more complicated than just a color by number where one thing means one thing, either going back or going forward, but it especially doesn't mean a one-to-one thing going forward. And uh, even if you didn't read any of that scholarship that I read, however, I believe that you would be able to put that together simply by using the Bible in conversation with itself. The Bible self-evidently reveals that revelation isn't meant to, it's, it's meant to be prophetic, not a prediction. Prophetic meaning tapping into God's imagination of, for sure, like God's intention for the world. Like God, uh, it's pretty clear from revelation that like this prophet is saying, God wants us to be worshiping God. Like that is a totally fair a uh, conclusion to draw from Revelation, and and a fair conclusion to apply contemporarily. Like God didn't wanted people to worship God when it was written around the year ninety, and God wants people in twenty twenty to still worship God. Like that is a totally fair conclusion to get from Revelation. But to say that uh, any type of like specifics of what this end time would look like, as if it were like a poetic Ikea manual with lots of images that described precisely and in order what the unfolding of the end of the world would look like. Um, I don't, I, I don't believe the Bible in itself as a book legitimately allows for that interpretation. So for another example, um, one of the really important themes in, um, in the book of Revelation which New City refers to as empire, like empire being the um, what Jesus came to compost into the kingdom of God. Uh, New City refers to it as empire. In the book of Revelation, they refer to it as Babylon. Babylon is specifically the, <laughs> the conquerors who enslaved the Israelite people in the Old Testament, right? Like Babylon is, is, a, is an image that Jewish folks would have been very familiar with, right? And, and uh, Babylon does certain empire kind of things, like wars and, and uh, murders people. However, lots of scholarship suggests that 
Babylon in the book of Revelation is not only a callback to the image of, in the Old Testament, but also a current criti- critique and criticism of Rome, which of course was the empire that was currently dominating uh, the, Jew- the Jewish people and in that region. So it's like this one image represents an Old Testamental callback and John's current situation, um, but it doesn't apply to future empires like the British Empire specifically, like by name, right? Like that that distinction makes sense, right? For an example of this, it talks about um, in Revelation 17, Babylon, and um, it talks about seven, it refers to seven mountains, which likely were symbolic for the seven hills of Rome, uh, which is something that people would have known about. That's a reference that people would have known. And so I think that revelation would have been really fascinating to listen to because it's like, wait, he's talking about Babylon, but he's also talking about Rome in like a a historical juxtaposition that actually has really ripe political commentary. It would have been a totally valuable contribution. It just wouldn't have been... uh, like, we're going to look out for seven mountains thousands of years from now to be able to predict when the end of the world is going to happen. I would so much rather have conversations about the interpretation of Revelation. Like, for example, one of the questions that comes up um, in conversations about Revelation is like, why did God need a throne at all? Like, why is it that even the, in heaven there has to be like centralized power in, in God, right? Like why, why can't there be, uh, why can't there not be any type of like hierarchy or monarchy in heaven? And I think that's so interesting. By the way, like my interpretation of that is like, Jesus poured out his crown when he allowed the government to execute him on the cross. Like the self-offering, like the emperor, even in heaven is like, self-offering everything and in return all of the kings are casting their crowns returning everything back to god and that type of like reciprocal self-pouring is is an image of love that is actually very powerful for us to imagine even contemporary political situations imagine what it would be like if our politicians truly practiced humility right those types of conversations are so much more interesting to me than um, trying to like decode Revelation in a way that um, will pr- help us to not live into like the Left Behind series. And so my friends, as we continue to go on this journey of Revelation, I really invite you to inhabit the text. Use the New City Church workbook to really like sink into the imagery of this text Attend Heidi's Bible study, Heidi and Joe's Bible study on Thursday to uh, dig into some of the scholarship and worship with New City as a community as we continue to unpack this potent, political, amazing apocalypse. Amen.